Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. So I wanted to come out before the episode drops and talk about what happened at the episode. And I had this episode with my beautiful, lovely instructor slash friend, soul cycle master, Gina Myers. And Gina Myers, I've known her now for a couple of years because I've been doing soul cycle spinning, <laughs> spinning for quite some time. And she's one of my favorite instructors there. But I always had this inkling to um, have her on my podcast uh, when I started off last year. And there was just something telling me you need to have her there. You know, besides the fact that she's pretty amazing and epic and quite funny and I love her energy. But there was a this uh, calling. I just felt like this pull to get her on my podcast. And now that the interview has concluded, I realize why. And uh, rather than telling you exactly what is going to happen in the podcast, I just wanted to let you know that you'll probably realize in the interview, there's going to be a moment. Um, I took a huge pause. There's a moment in the interview that was very, very, very deep and very vulnerable. And, you know, I know Gina shares everything on the bike when we're in Soul Cycle, and she's just pretty transparent and very vulnerable at times. But this part, I had no idea. And it's about the secrets that we keep in the family, those family secrets. And so when she was talking about that in this episode, I realized that I do as well have a family secret. And, you know, I realize now that those secrets are that they injure us. Really, they truly do. And I really needed to come to self and say, you know what? It's okay, Jackie. Express it. Say it. Say it loudly. Enough with the fucking secrets in the family. And believe me, 
that we should pave the way for our future selves, our future children, that it does no good to have secrets, to continue with that. And it only, it only does harm. And I believe that if the secret starts with you, then it must end with you. And I've, I've started that as well. And I want you all to, when you listen to this, really think about it. If there is something that has happened in the family, something that happened to you, to take space and think about all the numerous blessings you will get and peace that you will have and that you will receive the moment you break the silence. So without further ado, I leave you with Gina Myers. Hello, 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 and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit. Oh my God, I'm excited, super excited. I have Gina Myers here, and let me say something. I see this woman Tuesdays and Thursdays religiously. Why? Because she is this master instructor at Soul Cycle, and she is amazing. And I can't wait for you all to hear her life story and what she's doing now and just what motivates her to get there and teach us and show her vulnerability to us. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't wait. I can't wait. So let me tell you a little bit about Gina. Gina is originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, and she moved to California in 1996. She left Cincinnati for a Hollywood dream. She realized that her passion was not an entertainment industry, but instead she found her calling in the early 2000s when she realized her true passion was helping others love themselves and feel good in their own bodies. Gina has an amazing fitness coaching career starting as an instructor at a yoga and spin boutique studio in Venice, California. Soon thereafter, Gina was recruited to be a soul cycle instructor on or about 2013 and was super instrumental in opening up four Los Angeles studios. In 2015, Gina became an ambassador for Lululemon, right? Yeah, Lululemon, Santa Monica, and was promoted to master instructor at SoulCycle in 2017 as part of the first group of master instructors of the West Coast. (gasps) Gina brings her charismatic and soulful heart and energy to each and every ride at SoulCycle. Gina knows SoulCycle is more than just an intense workout. It's a workout sanctuary where people can work through emotions in a safe room full of supportive athletes. Oh my God, Gina is a mom. She's married, she's got dogs, and she's got a beautiful son. His name is Royal, and he's four years old, and I'm just so grateful that she's here. Oh, my God, Gina. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I'm excited. Thank you for taking the time to be here with us, and and we just want to get to know who Gina is. So you were you were born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, right? I was. You were. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. But you're in L.A. So I, we need to know, inquiring minds want to know what the heck happened. Why are you in L.A.? 
you're not in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. Well, first of all, I wouldn't miss the opportunity to be here. Like, how fun is this? I was born in Cincinnati and lived in Cincinnati until I was maybe 14, 15 years old. And I moved to California uh, my sophomore year of high school. Mm -hmm. I kind of have like the family of like both sides of the track, you know, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) like met at the roller rink and like my dad was from one side of the tracks. My mom was from the other. So I have like, you know. Yeah, it's eclectic over here. My grandmother has—I mean, she's been instrumental in all aspects of my life, and she's like probably why I chose my family was so that I could have my grandmother. Like before I got here, I do believe that your spirit decides your life, and one thousand percent. Oh yeah. So I chose my grandmother, and like this is how it all played out. Um, And she was like my biggest fan, you know, your grandmother just thinks that you are like the sun just shines on you. You know, um, she's like, you're going to be a model. You're going to be an actress. You're bigger than this city. You're going to do things. And so it was her influence that pushed me to, um, kind of pursue that dream that I believe that she had. Ah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. also was mine because I was influenced by her. Like, of right. course I'll do that. Yes, I should do that. Right, right. And then when I tried it, I was like, <laughs> You're like, yeah, not so much. <laughs> but like, when I'm like, you know, when you get a call for an audition and you're like, mm, I don't know if I can make it. It's probably not for you. Not a good sign. Not, not a good sign. sign. So she had convinced my father to move to California with me. I got an offer to sign with some agents out here and kind of pursue that. And I mean, the rest is history. I've been here and I'm, my roots are here. I'm not yes. leaving. Yeah. We, we want you here. We want you here, Gina. So you were talking about your grandmother and your father. What about your mom? Is she still in the picture or was so my, she mom, my mom is still alive. I haven't had a relationship with my mother for probably, I mean, the greater part of, how old am I now? I mean, 14 years, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom struggles with alcohol and drug addiction and has my entire life from what I understand now. Obviously, I wasn't aware of it, you know, at a young age because my family did a very good job of covering things up and keeping me not in the know, which was probably best. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, you start to see, like we were talking earlier, you start to see all the lies you were told. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and, uh, all the shame that had kind of guided you through your adolescence and your early adulthood. And yes, she's still alive. She's not in my life. I've offered her the opportunity to be a part of my life. If she decides to get sober and handle her shit, handle her shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's right. too heavy for me to bear and it's too toxic for me. So it's like self-preservation. I can't have that person in my life because it's not safe. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, talk about really opening up that, that, Hey, this is her issue. You're decluttering. Okay. I bid you adieu, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to stay here, but when you clean up, I'm here, I'm here for you. So you're not like completely shutting the door, but you're just kind of, you know, preserving yourself and preserving your family, especially when you have a four-year-old. You really have to be careful who is coming in your vibration. Wow. This is really fascinating. 
Okay, so now you're here in LA, 14 years old. You're here with your dad and your grandmother. And so you're you're eventually you get these auditions, right? Because mm-hmm. allegedly that, that was something that was embedded in your brain, but it was more your grandmother's idea versus your idea. But then you at some point decided, okay, I'm done with auditions. Let's get physical. How did it all start? Because I know from your bio that you were an instructor at a boutique spin studio in Venice. So you don't just go and become an instructor. What motivated you to become an instructor? So I moved here with my dad and at 17, my junior year of high school, I got emancipated so that I could work as an adult. Basically, like when you're in the industry, like in the movie industry, or if you're an actress, a certain point you can get what is called like an emancipation where you are cleared to work as an adult and you don't have to have supervision on set and you don't have to have a teacher there. So I tested out of high school, but I stayed in high school to finish okay. with my class. So I'm a lawyer. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always so curious. Like, yeah, was this a decision based on the fact that you were trying to get these jobs? Or was this a decision based on like, I don't want to be locked down to my parents. I don't want to have anything to do with them. They don't know me. They they don't care for me. You know, because there's these stories. Well, uh, based on my experience, it's been those stories. Mm-hmm. So this emancipation at 17 years old, was it, what was your reasoning behind that? Well, it was introduced to me, obviously, for the work aspect, but I understood what it fully meant. Mm. And so in understanding like what it would do for me, I absolutely like jumped on the opportunity, but you know, I didn't want to not go to school and I didn't also, I didn't want to not live with my father at the time, but it was just like an avenue for whatever reason, it fell into my lap at the perfect time Um, because my senior year, I finished high school and a month later, my dad was like, you know, you're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> Open yeah. The door, you're on your own. <laughs> you're on your own. Yeah. And, and look, I grew up living with my mother, seeing my grandmother, who is my dad's mother, by the way, oh, okay. my grandmother is, is on my father's side, uh, seeing my grandmother on the weekends. So Friday through Sunday, I was with my grandmother. And then Monday through Thursday, I was with my mom and my dad would just kind of sprinkle in here and there because he had such a fractured relationship with my mother. They were never married and I've never remember them ever being together, you know? Uh, So I didn't have a very solid connection with my father. I mean, I think that I understood that he loved me because that's what parents do, but I'm not sure that I actually felt that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's like we're told our parents love us or you're told that people love you because they're your family. But like, if you don't really have the action, you don't see the love, you don't see the person being present in your life enough. You don't really have that connection. You're just like, oh, they love me. Right. But what supports that? Yes. Yeah. There was nothing there to support that. Sure. He moved to California, but in my head, he did it because my grandmother told him to, you know what I mean? Look later down the line in hindsight. Sure. Like I'm sure that, you know, I don't know. 
he can only speak for himself. I'm going to say that he loves me and like he moved to California to like give me an opportunity to have a better life. And I absolutely did have a better life than I would have had if I stayed. Right. So I appreciate that. And do you think that if you would have stayed, you would have stayed with your mom in Cincinnati? Probably. I think that my life would have looked a lot different. I mean, when I look back at the people that I knew and that I, the crowd I was running with and, um, and like what was going on there and how, you know, they, not that they live, right. But like how my community was, I would probably have had a child at, you know, 17 or 18 and continued to have more children. And whether, I don't know if I would have married young or have had who knows, but for sure, I would probably be a grandmother by now. And I'm 39. I would just like to say <laughs> that I have people and friends from home that are grandmothers and they are my, they were in my fourth grade class. Oh yes, absolutely. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be 47. And no judgment on that, by the way, yeah. you know, yeah. like, no, they're happy and they're having their best life. And that, that was the framework for their best life. And it just wasn't mine. No, no, of course not. You know, I say, I, I get it. I totally get it. I mean, what, you know, Maya Angelo says, when you know more, you do better or something like that. You, when you, you know better, you do better. Yeah. 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 And it's true. It is super true. So here in LA, you were exposed to so much. And then the thought of even going over there, it's kind of like unsettling because you're like, uh-uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, right. Jose. Right. I think the, the, one of the most challenging things was, you know, I had a a big attachment to all my friends. I mean, I would fly back a couple times a year. I would go to all the school dances in Ohio because I still had all my friends there. I had like this double life, but what would happen is I would go back and I had grown and changed here in California and they had all grown together and changed there. So our lives were just like splitting and connection and the understanding and just, we were totally out of alignment. So I just, it was almost like my friends just started falling off. Like they thought that I thought I was better than them because I left or that I thought that I was, you know, that I didn't like the way that they lived or whatever, who knows. Right. The story that they told mm-hmm. themselves and the story that I told myself somewhere in there is the truth of what really happened. But I think the truth is that we just grew apart and grew differently because we had just had different environments. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, uh, it's the same here in Los Angeles. If you think, cause Los Angeles is so huge, right? Mm-hmm. And majority of Latinos live on the East side of Los Angeles, right? So you don't see many Latinos on the west side unless they're coming to the beach and then they go back home to the east side but the thought process at least in my experience through my community is that oh you're moving to the west side oh yeah with miss miss <laughs> tutti good shoes <laughs> and, right. you know and i grew up well anyways but yeah i completely understand what you're saying and and i also understand the other way like no it's just that I desire to be over here. Right. And I'm having a, more of a connection over here at this point in time in my life. Right. So you either grow with people or you grow apart. Yeah. And you have to choose your happiness. Yeah. You have to 
choose you. Mm, yes, yes. Were there ever a time where you didn't choose happiness? Of course. Mm. Of course, because one, I didn't think I deserved it. Two, I didn't want to lose friends. I wanted my family's acceptance. I wanted, you know, all the things. But, and you try to live up to the expectations that everyone else has for what your life is meant to be. And at some point you have to listen to the screaming voice inside because you're never going to listen when it's whispering or when you're unsure, you know, when it's screaming inside, yes. you have to follow your joy. You have to follow your passion, your heart and trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Everything falls into place and all the people that love you and support you and want the best for you are still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. So when did this screaming voice happen for you? Oh, I mean, she's has screamed at me more than once (laughs) in my life. I'm there with you. (laughs) Yelling at me. (laughs) I think that the leading up to that screaming voice, the biggest scream I ever had was like right when I was about turning 30 years old. I would say I was around 30 years old and that screaming voice was all about my value, Mm. what I deserved, who I wanted to be and what it was going to take for me to get there. I mean, it was a lot of work. And I, when I tell you, I peeled back so many layers of the onion, the tears, (laughs) the tears, they were flowing. Yeah. Because I tried everything. I mean, I tell the joke that like, you know, look, sell me snake oil. Like if if you tell me it's going to work, I'm going to try it. Like I will try anything to get where I need to be, to be happy and to be fulfilled and to have the life that I know that I deserve. Not the one that was written for me because that, Mm -hmm. that woman doesn't, doesn't exist. Right. I didn't play out the story that was written for me. I'm writing my own Mm -hmm. and it's, really hard. So I never know what's coming next. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the exciting part of it, right? It is. It absolutely is. Exciting. So you've had this moment in, when you were in your thirties, would you like to share with us specifically yeah. what happened? Because I'm sure amigas out there could understand. Literally. Right. So my life was starting to mirror what in California, what my life would have looked like you know, had I had played out the other story, Mm -hmm. right? So my mom's battle with alcohol and drugs. And like, when you grow up with addiction in your life and like a, you know, a certain childhood patterns play out into your adulthood until you stop them and you stop the cycle or you recognize them, you know? So at 30, I had walked away from a relationship that was very toxic, but at one point it was very fulfilling. It just had evolved into the mirror of my life. Like, of course I was comfortable with being someone that was partying and had this big personality and, um, it was very attractive to me. And then it just morphed into a very toxic cycle of like drugs. And I was living in the house and this whole thing. And I was like, okay, I have to get out of here. Yes. Like I got to go. And I didn't want to go, but I had to go. Yeah. It was like this very conflicting period in my time in my life where I had to choose me. 
And I remember like standing in a closet, like, go with me, come with me. This can't be the life. But I was really just talking to myself. I mean, I was saying it to him, but he's like, what are you talking about? If you got to go, you got to go. And I was like, okay, then I got to, I got to go. So I rented a hotel room. I called my old boss, a friend of mine. And I said, you said, if I ever need your help, I need your help. I need a hotel room. He got me a hotel room and I packed a bag and I moved into the hotel and I started looking for apartments and I had to start changing my life. Wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No, I am glad you chose you. I'm so glad you did. Me too. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's because I love who you are and the woman you, that you have become. I mean, I, obviously I didn't know you back then, but this story I'm sure resonates with a lot of amigas out there because, you know, this sounds to me like there was some abuse, you know, and and just psychological and emotional abuse, because let's be honest, addiction can lead or is part of the whole abusive circle, right? I think, you know, look, I was sexually abused as a child by a family member. When I told, I think that they believed me, but they didn't want to believe me. It was very confusing for me at the time because it wasn't like everyone stopped talking to him. Do you know what I mean? Like he was still at Christmas. He was still invited to my birthday parties. Like he, I was never left alone with him again. Do you know what I mean? And everyone had like, I I don't know. Everyone had a feeling about it. You know, like the, the energy changed in the room, but nobody was leaving the room. Right. Right. Yes. Right. So then I think it just put my mom in a tailspin, obviously, because, you know, she probably took that on. I think you take it on as a mother now, like for a long time, I, I didn't think that she felt anything about it. And then I became a mother and I was like, Oh yeah. 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 Once I became a mother, I was able to forgive a lot of things and understand my mom more. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean that she's invited back in, but like, oh, like I had this like, oh, I get it. Like you were devastated and you already had this secret addiction that you were battling. And then you had to run. And it was the only thing that could kind of mask what was happening. And it was just like a tailspin from there. I mean, I told, uh, when I was in fourth grade, so I guess I was like 10, 11. Oh my God. Right. So then I think I was 10. Yeah. And then I moved to California when I was 14. I mean, as soon as I was strong enough to use my voice, everything started to like move for me. So I was out of there at 14. Right. Yeah. The universe has a plan for you. So Absolutely. It, 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 it um, brought you to consciousness that like, no, there's something here that you need to move away from. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. This is a, it's pretty intense. Pretty intense, girl. <laughs> You're getting into inviting me on here to be <laughs> you. Well, you know what? I enjoy it. And, and I'm sure amigas out there will too, because they're learning about different things. This is the whole purpose of me bringing in guests is so that they can learn something and hear these stories that they're not alone. No. That they're not alone. And I am super honored, uh, Gina, that uh, you're very vulnerable. And the way you are right now is how you are 
at the spin studio. I mean, now it's outdoors, but I just, I mean, knowing your, your history, I, I now can go back on that bike and be like, oh, I know you, I know you really well now. Yeah. Wow. So tell me, Soul Cycle, why? I was teaching at the studio, uh, the boutique yoga and spin studio. And the way that things work for me in my life and the way change happens for me is like, I choose me, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I choose me and no. then I stand up for myself or I use my voice and then the dominoes start to fall, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I was in that relationship. I was super unhappy. The only thing that was my escape was working out. I was working out at this studio. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the teacher training at the studio. So I took the teacher training at the studio. I didn't get the job. I leave the guy, the the studio calls, offers me the job, right? (laughs) So then like the dominoes start to fall. So now I'm teaching and I'm finding my community. I'm finding my voice and like moving in a direction toward my best life. And just when I get comfortable, a girl comes and takes my class. Her name's Clara Walsh. And said, you have to audition for SoulCycle. Mm. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I always say no. So I always say no before I say yes. <laughs> and look, I know I'm not alone in the world. Like something comes, an opportunity comes your way. No, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, until it's like the screaming. Until yeah. The screaming yeah. Back to the screaming. Yes. Yeah. Back to the screaming. So, yeah. you know, she didn't let up, but she also, you know, she took other people's classes because they were scouting for instructors because they were coming to the West Coast. And a couple of my colleagues went to the audition for SoulCycle. They got the job and they're like, Gina, you have to do this. So then the studio, SoulCycle calls me and they're like, please audition. We're going to be back in town. We'll just do one just for you. I said, oh, no, I'm actually going to be in New York. I can't. And they're like, oh, great. We're in New York. <laughs> You were trying to get out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Alignment. Screaming. (laughs) Screaming. The universe. It's like, you know, comes in, saves the day. And, you know, they asked me to come to a class. Then they um, said, okay, be here at noon with a song to audition. And I mean, the rest is history. They asked me to move to New York City. And I did for a few months and then they asked me to stay in the city and look, there are two very different cities, Los Angeles and New York. Oh yeah. And (laughs) my roots were very strong here. And I, and I just, I just told them I, I, I'll stay for a little longer, but I can't live in New York. Like my heart and my soul is in Los Angeles and I really need to be there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I came back to LA and the rest is history. I mean, we've opened so many studios and I've taught who knows how many classes. I mean, SoulCycle probably knows. <laughs> well, I can tell you how many I've taken. How many? With you, 97 rides. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to celebrate 100 next oh, week. Yes. <laughs> I know. But definitely. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So since we're talking about SoulCycle, I mean, I've been spinning... God, for a long ass time um, uh, in San Francisco and many parts in Los Angeles. But what I always tell people, my friends and, and whoever wants to know, I'm like, 
there's a whole different level with Soul Cycle. It's not the same spinning. It is not the same. And I just want you to share how special it is. Like because I know as as a participant in your class, when you are there and you're talking, I feel like I'm going on a spiritual journey. Like literally, I'm like, all right, girl, you bring it to me. You let me know. Yes, yes, yes. That's how I feel. Now, what about you? Like, what is it about Soul Cycle that it's just, it keeps getting better and better and better with instructors such as yourself? With Soul Cycle, I mean, every class is different. And of course, you want every class to feel the way that you're describing a Soul Cycle class to feel. I mean, that is the ultimate class for me is one that is life changing for the people in it where we're all connected and we're, I don't know. For lack of a better word is, you know, like we're all living that same story. You know what I mean? Because on the bike, all I'm doing really is talking to you about my life. And like, not necessarily like we are now where I'm giving you like full details, but like, just like kind of like an umbrella, a bubble of like like bullet points. Boom, 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 boom. Right. And it's like what I've been, you know, going over in my head and how I've been feeling and like what's happening for me. Because you get in the trap of what's happening to you right. in your environment and in your life. And that will take you nowhere good. So you have to hold on to the light yes. <laughs> in any dark situation and just realize that it is happening for you 100% and that you are not alone. And so if I can just like talk about it and you can relate to it, we can be in it together. And whatever you're doing to heal you can probably help me heal me. Ooh, yes, yes. And you have to listen to that. And it does. And I and I can honestly say that because I've been writing for you obviously 97 times. <laughs> so, yeah. so I can attest to that. I mean, it's it it's like uh yeah, you are not alone. And I know when I'm on that bike, and I mean, especially when we were indoors and it's so dark. It's it so was, dark. It's so like the music is going on, but you can be in your own spots and then you're feeding us this information. And then it really takes me through a different journey. Like if I were sad at that point, I wouldn't be sad at the end of of the ride. Yeah. And if I was happy at the beginning, I'm just the happiest person on earth at the end of the ride. And I feel that that is part of what you want to convey with us, right? You know, you don't have to carry like the weight of your, you know, your fears, the weight of all that's happening in your life. Like you experience so many stressors throughout the day Mm -hmm. and there's only so many opportunities that we take or that we're even given to alleviate that pressure, It's like, we're all pressure cookers, right? And so many stressors come in. It's the husband, the job, the homeschool kids, the Zooms, the pandemic, the this, like all these things, right? That are happening that like they, your body absorbs them and energetically you become like a pressure cooker. And then what you have to do to release it is you have to move. Yes. You have to move. 
And however you choose to move, whether it's a walk on the beach, whether it's, you know, taking a spin class or a yoga class, or it's dancing. If you take a minute to dance, like there are times where I just stand up and I just start shaking my entire body. Like I would just start like, just to like, get it out. Like you just have to start to move it. Cause if you let it settle in, it becomes very heavy and a lot of the times the way, you know, that class works when you come to soul cycle, you know, this, a lot of things work is if you come into it feeling a certain way and you have like, um, like you carry in your baggage, like you walk in with whatever you packed with you and who knows, you might have things in your bag from an entire week. Who knows how long it's been since you've been able to deal with your shit. Yeah. 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 And you get in there and you close your eyes and the music starts and you, or you start to move your body in whatever fashion you are doing it. And all of a sudden you can start to unpack the bag. Mm-hmm. Whether you're happy, sad, whether you're stressed out, whether you don't know if you're stressed out. So many times we're stressed out. We don't even know we're stressed out. Right. Oh Girl, I went to the doctor for an earache. He's like, you're clenching your jaw. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So you know, you start to unpack the bag through movement and no matter how you walk in, you walk out lighter. Yes. You walk out better for showing up for yourself and just moving through your shit. Ooh, yes. Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. And, do, and I know you had mentioned this in one of your classes, that part of like helping us move through our shit on, on a bike that in order to what you do to prepare, you actually give us a new playlist every time. And I, I'm like, what? How did she do that? Like, I could barely even have one playlist and it's been there for 10 years. <laughs> well, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but music speaks to us. Yes. There's a soundtrack to our life. Mm-hmm. there's music that takes me back to being in the passenger seat of my mom's firebird driving down the street, like thinking I was the coolest kid in school. There's a song that takes me to my grandmother's car when she picked me up on the weekends. You know, there's a song for all these different parts of our life. And there's music that will guide you through the hardest and the happiest times of your life. And sometimes that's all in one day. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. So for me, music just like speaks to my soul. And it's important for me to like, just like honor where I am every single day. And when I show up to that studio, I just show up as with what I have to give that day. And every day it's something different. So it wouldn't be fair of me to show you up with yesterday's shit. Wow. Well, I'm, oh God, how special is that? Because I don't know if any of the other instructors do that. I'm just like baffled by that. (laughs) I think they're encouraged to do it. I think the majority of us do it because it was, I mean, it was part of our training, you know, Uh, at the original studio that I taught at, I didn't, I made a CD. I had a book of CDs and I would just pick my favorite CD. But what I ended up doing is like halfway through class, I was like switching out CDs because I wasn't feeling that song that was going to be coming, you know? So I was like playing DJ (laughs) instead of just taking the time to really sit with myself and see how I felt and what was going on and what I needed to hear to help me through the day. Wow. Oh my God. I love, love, love this. And I just, you know, 
there was one, I don't know, it was a while back uh, when we were indoors. You played Freakazoid? And I was like, okay, what is this? I mean, excuse me, but I'm just going to sit and lay it out. Uh, what is this gringa telling Freakazoid? I grew up listening to that music. And I'm way older than you. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> How did she come up with that song? And it just threw me back, like total old school. And I'm like, I like this girl. I really like her. So, yes, I, I'm so happy that you do this all the time and you do this for us. And amigas out there, you must take a class with Gina. She is just amazing, amazing. And you're going to go through this spiritual journey with her. She is vulnerable. And, and at the same time, she'll just talk truth, period. Talk truth. I love, love, love this. I could continue on, Gina, forever and ever talking to you. <laughs> but, you know, we're coming here until the tail end of our conversation, but... I always ask my guests this. Can you tell us one or two tips on how amigas can handle their shit? Well, I think in theme with what we've been talking about, it's really important to choose yourself before you can choose anyone else. And that's going to be really hard. It's a practice. And you'll have to practice small. I mean, very small. I mean, like if you have a list of errands to do, do the one that you need to do for you first. There's like, a, you know, that's like very little in choosing yourself first. It's like, okay, I got to go pick up this for so-and-so and this for so-and-so and this, and then I need to get this. Well, you know, get what you need for yourself first. Practice choosing you. Ooh, I love that because it's so true. We always are the last people to satisfy. I mean, it's like, it's like, okay, what do you need, mommy? What do you need, daddy? What do, you know, it's just like all kinds of like, kids and oh my God. Yeah, yeah. You'll do for your parents. You'll do for the school. You'll do for your kids. You'll do for the sports. You'll do for your husband. You'll get the grocery. What do you need to do for you? Yeah. Yeah. And then first do that thing for you. And that's like a practice for you to choose yourself first. Right. right and then right. it gets bigger. It will get bigger. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love that. Choose yourself. Amigas, you heard it. You heard it here. Choose yourself because, you know, it's like, if you don't, then, then it's, you're going to be like a wilted flower. Literally, you know, it's like if you depend on someone else to always do it for you, eventually you'll be disappointed and let down. Mm -hmm. And if you're always the person that's like someone trying to keep you afloat, eventually you will sink. Right. Right. And at the end of the day, you have to be able to stand up for yourself. You have to choose what makes you happy because mm -hmm. if you don't, you have nothing to offer anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You're shouting out some truths, girl. <laughs> screaming out some truth yes and people are not going to like you along the way yeah and that's okay that's okay <laughs> they, those aren't your people yeah anymore anymore ah oh, thank you thank you so much you know every time my guests come they all teach me and our amigas something new thank you for saying choose you Yes, choose you first, always and always and forever, like the song, always and forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>